You're listening to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 575, brought to you by Harry's. Go to harrys.com right now and enter code iFanboy at checkout to get a free trial set. That's harrys.com, code iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you. Five extravaganza of the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. Yay. I'm, I'm Ron Richards, and with me is Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And hey. Josh and Josh Flanagan. Hey. Live. L- listen, guys, 575 is a milestone, and we should celebrate it as such. Uh, Anything that ends in a five, I believe, <laughs> is cause for an anniversary celebration of some kind. At, least a, at least a double-sized issue, right? We should well, get a variant. Every 25th issue. Yeah, it's every 25th issue. Yeah, yeah. So, Which is weird when you think about it, when you stop and think about it. <laughs> you know what I think the kids would buy? What's that, Herb? I think if we said every 25th issue was an anniversary, we could sell eight more copies. Put it on the cover. The comic book story Actually, right there. Did they do it for, for the 25th issues or just the 50th and the 75 and the zeros? Oh, I, I remember getting 25th issue extravaganzas. Absolutely. Yep. I, remember, I remember Dark yeah. Hawk. Yeah, right, Dark, Dark right. Hawk number 25 was a big deal. Yeah. In the 80s, that is that so was, weird. Yeah. Why did we fall for that? Because it's literally just two years of books. Like, it's not like... It doesn't <laughs> make sense. It's not even an anniversary issue. It's a double... It's a, what, I, uh. what I like is the question, why did we fall for that? <laughs> and that's because... Why are we falling for <laughs> and still? That's, and that's because we are iFanboy, and every week we read a stack of comics <laughs> where we fall for it every week, and one of us picks our favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week, and we talk about that book, other books from the week. We do the patron pick, uh, which is always fun, and if we have some time, we'll, we'll read some of your email and respond to you directly. No matter what, it's fun. But also, no matter what, it's a spoiler-laden hour. So uh, we're reviewing the books. We're going to talk about what happens in them. So if you haven't read your books, you don't want it spoiler, spoiled, uh, then come back and listen after you've read your books. There's your warning. Let's be honest. We'll be dicks about it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll just say it. Yes. So, Connor, you had the pick of the week. And it's not the patron pick, but it's your own pick of the week. And, and it's, a, it's a celebration of an issue that ends in five. Tell us all about it. Yeah, I feel like you've taken the wind out of my sails now that it's the supersized Sorry. anniversary issue of Action Comics 975. We just had one for Detective Comics for a different number because they're not the same number, I don't think. But that issue was done poorly. This was done very well. Uh, this was For me, this is what I want out of an anniversary issue. It celebrates the legacy of the character. Uh, it f- features a, somewhat of an cre- all-star creative team in that there's a backup by Paul Dini and Ian Churchill. That ties into the main story, um, and this well, this is part two of Superman Reborn. Yeah, part two of the crossover between Superman and Action Comics, in which uh, I guess Superman's going to be reborn. I assume that's from the title. It uh, features story by Dan Jurgens, art by Doug Monkey, and uh, we have the big reveal here about who the other Clark Kent was. And I'm going to brace myself for Josh's angry reaction in a second, but for me. Uh, this was the this was Superman in the best possible Silver Age sense. So we, uh, and as you recall, in the action com- in, the, in the Superman issue part one, 
the creepy Clark Kent showed up at the Kent farm, stole Jonathan, left him a photo album with all these old photographs of Superman in his prime with, with the trunks on, and we disappeared. Now Superman and Lois go to confront the new Clark Kent at his apartment. Because again, why did they let this get this far? Why did they, why did they just allow this Clark Kent to exist in the world? I'm just going to keep wondering why they just let this happen. But uh, Seems okay. It's not like anything weird's happened before. He's got an apartment and a job and whatever. We'll just let it go. Uh, So there's a great sort of middle section in which uh, Superman thinks maybe, uh, or Clark Kent turns into Lex Luthor, and then he turns into Bizarro, and then he turns into Brainiac, and then he turns into Mongol, and then he turns into Parasite, then he turns into Cyborg Superman, then he turns into Doomsday, and it's finally revealed. That's That's called padding, by the way. No, that's that's for me was the best. That was almost the segment that got the the book. Really? The week. Yeah, this is. I this saw is I saw an artist just going, "Oh, thank God, I'm done with six of these pages without even trying." This is, and, uh, and it's I not even a criticism. Gallery, yeah. Um, and then uh, it's revealed that the uh, the the fake Clark Kent was in fact Mister Mixie's Pitalik, who um was angry because he's been neglected, and I thought that was a wonderful twist. And then the the backup story was. Uh, seeing what Mr. Mixie's Piddlick's been up to when he after he kidnapped Jonathan, and then that becomes a whole meta commentary on Superman in general, where we we see him in the as the animated Superman, we see him in Kurt Swan Superman, we see all through the ages, and he, he explains to Jonathan who he is and why he how he comes to visit every six months, and he hasn't been uh, this new Superman hasn't he hasn't been around really if you think about it he hasn't dealt with a new Superman. He has, he's feeling very like a jilted girlfriend, and so he showed up to muck up Superman's life. And I, as an old-school Superman fan, and Mixie's Piddlick adventures were always some of my favorites, uh, this, this was like uh, a book written directly for me. Why, am I, I, why in my head did I have it that you hated M- Mr. Mixie's Piddlick? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Mr. Who? Mixie's Piddlick. Whatever, that guy. For some reason, I thought you hated the, that character in these issues. Oh. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was reading this. I was like, oh, Connor's going to hate this. I'm like, oh, it's the pick. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I just had it in my head that you didn't like that. I don't know why. Well, okay. no, there can be, there's, there can certainly be bad adventures dropped by. But the, the thing yeah. I liked about it always was that it, it showcased that Superman was smart and strategic and not just strong and invulnerable. He always beat him with his wits. And so that was one of the, that's the element that he brings to Superman that I always liked. Right. For for me, I mean, I'm not reading Superman, and you guys know my disdain for Superman. I thought I thought the first half of this book was nonsense, but the backup was delightful. The backup was really fantastic. Yeah, um, the I, combination I'll, too got me the got it to pick. Well, let me let me let me add to that. I suppose so. Uh, I guess it was Wednesday. I read the first half of the book. Like like I just stopped working for a minute. I just read the first half of the book, and I got to it, and I was like. Ah. I don't really like that. I'm not saying I was throwing an iPad across the room, <laughs> but I guess it wasn't what I had in mind. And I said, I didn't tell you guys what I thought, but I just said, I have a reaction. And that was it. And then um, the next time I went back to finish reading my books, I read the second bit. And I mm-hmm. got to that, and I was like, I've changed my mind about the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in a way, you're both right to me. Uh, in that, like, I I read the first half and I I didn't really like it. It wasn't even that it was bad. Like, I was like, oh, I don't I don't know what's wrong with that. I, I just it wasn't what I guess I wanted. But then I thought that the um, Deanie uh, Churchill and also uh, Ian Churchill surprised me. I, I think I lumped yes. him into a different category of artist than he is. Yep. I think of him as like a David Finch type, but he's not. He's not at all. Uh, no, he's he's. I he's, know that. Yeah. I think it's because he came out of Wildstorm, and that. 
At least I think he did. Uh, either way, I, I was I was really I was like, oh, this is great, and all the styles were really fun to read, and I liked the characterization of Mitch's Pitlick, uh, and. I'm not saying it's my favorite way to resolve it, but it absolutely makes sense. It's a cool, you know, it is Superman. Like you can't, yeah. it's undeniably Superman and it, it fits in that way. I agree with Connor. And the more you say it, the more I think about it, like why were they just okay with that? But I guess they had a lot of other stuff going on and I can understand that. I still feel like it's a priority. Any downtime is spent wondering why there's a doppelganger pretending to live my life. I feel like that is an issue. They were, with, they, they're, they're a little complicit in this, I think. I think that, well, yeah. well, <laughs> also, don't forget that he's, he's, a repli- he's an alternate. Right. So he, right. Can't, he can't speak. He's like, well, I'm not really supposed to be here either. So, you know, live and <laughs> right. let live, I guess. Who, who am I to judge? It's like, it's, like a Russian, it's like a Russian nesting doll of alternates. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, what is the protocol on that? <laughs> you're you're not real. Well, neither are you. <laughs> you win. You win this round, sir. Um, it, this, I mean, as an old, this is like, you know, any little bit that brings back what has been lost in DC is very exciting to me. And this, you know, this kind of story wouldn't have fit in the '90s grim and gritty New Fifty Two that we had five years ago. Yeah. Right. This. They're bringing. They're trying to bring this element back. It's coming slowly in drips and drabs, but you know, this is Superman. You gotta accept the goofy with the serious, and the goofiness of Mixus Pilik is an important part of his legacy. And again, it's a good part of his legacy because he. he this is not a character he can punch and win. He has to outsmart him, and that was always the the, the fun thing about it was that you were reminded about that. That you know, he's not just a muscle that Batman sends out on the Justice League mission. He's actually smart, right? Um, and and I like that element too. And I also, as a celebration of Superman, this second story was fantastic. And also, just all the different versions. I mean, there was even a joke about how his name has been said different ways. Because if you go through all the different TV shows, and things he's appeared in, including Supergirl recently this season, he's his name has been said ten different ways. <laughs> well, it's, um, it's 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 difficult to say, as evident as me trying to say it earlier. Uh, <laughs> right, Mixel, 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 not going to work Mitch here anymore. Just pit Yeah. There's a, there's the part where we see him in the animated version and the Lego version, and and we see Mixel Mixel Mitzi's plick, Mixel plick, infinite yeah. variations. Um, I say I like it like part. they said in the animated series. That's right. where I. Nailed and that it. animated episode is amazing. That's one of the best Superman animated I, episodes. I mean, let's just like Paul Dini was absolutely the right guy to do that. That was laser focused precision. Yeah. Yeah. And having that person do that story, and so it heads up. I'm guessing to the editor, you know, for saying, yeah. what if we do it like this?" He's he's the guy to do this. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, and and I mean, the, the, you know, there's a pantheon of writers who get it. You know, in in terms of the historical aspect, and Dini is definitely one of them. So, yeah. tell you something, I would not argue uh, with a a lengthy ish run or six or twelve issues of uh, Paul Dini doing for Action Comics what he did for Detective Comics. I don't think anyone would. I think the time for that has come. No right-thinking American or international citizen would agree, disagree with that. All right, you know what? One hundred and fifty American dollars. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, there's the bounty right there. So you're, you're willing to subsidize his salary up to one hundred fifty dollars? That one page. <laughs> Just one page. So, that's all it is. <laughs> that, so that was my pick of the week, Action Comics nine seventy five. It came late in the game before Action Comics nine seventy five. I was fairly convinced Astro Astro City forty two was the pick. 
And it, it was the pickup until I read Action Comics. Astro City 42 was just, like, talk about the, the definition of comic book delightfulness. It was, it's Astro it's, City. It was just like... Also just, a clinic. It was a clinic. It was... Uh, yeah. It's a one-page story about a supervillain who he had, an, he, had a, he had an adventure and he uh, got... He, you know, he's, a, he's sort of the Black Manta um, a, a, a allegory here. And so he's fighting the Aquaman person. He gets swept off to sea, ends up washing up on a deserted island, and he's lived there his whole life. And, and he, uh, he's been working the whole time to get back in the game. And he finally goes back in the game, and it all goes wrong. Um, I thought this was great. This was amazing. I don't, even know, I don't know who the artist was because they left off a credits page. It's it's, it's uh, Matthew Clark. It's on the, um, it's on the like the when you slide the cover to the side and it gives you the the metadata. It's Matthew Clark and Sean oh. pa- Parsons. Oh. What was interesting about him is that um, he wasn't doing he wasn't aping a Brent Anderson style at all. No, it didn't not fit. Like you know, storytelling wise, spot on. But I was like, this art's this art's really good. What, yeah. what's, what's funny is that when it first started, I was like, oh, this isn't Brett Anderson style. Like I kind of like it, 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 you know. But as I got deeper into the story, it just everything kind of clicked into place. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and it shows that like you don't necessarily need to ape Brett Anderson to tell a good Astro City story. I think this is you know one of those areas where uh, lettering comes to play, where like that Astro City look of lettering by Comicraft um, is important, and that that helps to kind of frame it up and put you in that Astro City kind of state of mind. But uh, but God. also storytelling and pacing was yeah you know pretty classic. Yeah. So that wasn't. I mean, I mean, this is just this is just fantastic. You get in all this, you get in one issue, you get a sense mm-hmm. of who this character is, what happened to him, how he got deserted on a, uh, how he got on this deserted island for thirty years, what he's been doing in the time, and a insight into his genius. And then you see him try to do his like reemergence into the scene, and you know the emotional kind of roller coaster of psyching himself up and going back into it and getting into it, and then getting hit in the face with the reality of it like the fact that he couldn't speak because he hasn't talked to anybody for 30 years like that was like yeah. such a subtle nuance and it was just like oh it was just oh it's so great i just love astro city it's just the best comic ever i would be uh, when i work from home after two days i'm talking to myself for full conversations i don't yeah. know how he's not having like but um i i think he has sensory processing disorder when <laughs> we often we often talk these days about how you know page counts cut to twenty and yep. and you, it's hard to really get a good issue a single issue because of that, but uh, Kurt Busiek can do it. Yeah, he should he should teach a class to all the writers. To how to, here's how you tell a story in a single issue because you're right you go, you have a full character arc here. I know all about this guy. I know about his backstory. I know about his personality. I know about his genius. We got we got a little adventure and then we got a, a second adventure all within tw- about about twenty pages. I can't tell yeah. exactly. But but without that. being spoon fed, right? That you know, like it didn't feel like like a whole issue of uh, explication. It was though, like the whole you know, basically it was just him on the island talking to himself, which is you know, if you look at some of the pages, it was just like that's walking a challenge around. for the artist walking there's around. A, yeah, yeah. There's there's a page of just all sort of long shots of him walking around his little compound, nothing happening, and I I didn't notice that. Yeah. Meaning like. I, I mean, I, like, oh, I got I got lost in trying to see what he was building and the way he was living in a very Swiss Family Robinson style. You know, he builds this whole house and and he's got these mechanisms. He's using vines and he's experimenting. You get the sense of this guy's genius and the real kind of tragedy: the fact that not only is the genius wasted by villainy, but it's wasted by being stranded on this desert island. And then <laughs> the fact that he's an old man now and kind of out of it, you know, makes the uh, makes the the resolution where he just decides to stay on his island and live by himself for the rest. Of his life kind of nice you know like it's a nice little yeah. a nice little ending um, i hear you dude 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this it was is con- all very loud. Yeah, it's very very loud. Yeah, Connor, I think I mean, this is it was interesting cuz this was this for me at least was a light week. I found myself not reading as much as I had in previous weeks, but um but I in that I had a couple that I really really liked and this is definitely a, a front runner for yeah. what would have been my pick for this week cuz it just it's just it just shows and I keep I mean, we've been saying it for as long as we've been doing iFanboy now for 17 years or 16 years. Um you know, it's it's it doesn't get any better than Astro City. Eh, you could skip the Dark Ages, but everything else is amazing. <laughs> so, and it just and I love that that it's even better than ever now at this point. So, I remember back when we were doing the video show, we were talking about doing some crazy thing where we were going to pick like the top twenty create writers of all time, top twenty artists of all time, and that would have taken too you know too long to research. But I think the more I read Kurt Busiek now, the, the higher on the list I think he's he's going on yeah. my list. Yep. He's certainly a, like a, he's like a craftsman. That's yep. sort of how I, you know, he's, he's not, not he's, super flashy, but yep. he's, he's not really good at it. Yep. He's not Grant Morrison. It's not that. And you think about, um, I always, I always default to Astro City, obviously, but I think about, is it Superman's Secret Identity? That was him, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That's another kind. I mean, basically it's Astro City in, in a way, but you know, there's that. He did. He was the, he was the, the first real Avengers run that I got into when I got Avengers, Marvel's. Yep. Um, Thunderbolts. Justice uh, Thunderbolts, uh, Justice uh, League uh, versus uh, Avengers. Avengers like, Forever. Oh man, just, yeah. it's, it's great. All stuff. right. I mean, the thing you can really there's there's a there's a real strong ten volume run you can put together. Like here are ten volumes written by Kurt Busiek that um, are absolutely amazing. Yeah. Sort of post bankruptcy. Yes. But solid superhero stories with a, a you know like a foot in the past and the future. It was the Jeff Johns of Marvel, right? And he's like, you know, yeah, he modern, is. but but with the with something disability, might be a little better. Yeah, mm-hmm. possibly mm-hmm. worth seeing. Not, but, not not maybe not quite as impactful, I guess. But yeah. that's circumstances. Well, I'll tell you what's not in competition with anything Kurt Busiek's <laughs> written, and, and that's. <laughs> I couldn't figure out where to put this in the show because I knew you were going to explode, and I just didn't know where to put it. This is a nice I contrast. I, I honestly don't know if I'm going to explode. I mean, it's not like I'm going to, you know, I mean, it's, I, I've seen some pretty extreme reactions to Inhumans vs. X-Men number six, or as it's known, IVX number six. Um, Why don't you explode about the thing that happens? More just the idea of what this whole mess was. Yeah. I, 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 before I mean, we go, can I, can I, you're going to get the chance, but, so I didn't read it, but I, I went through it. Okay, and here's what I think happened. Okay, let's let's hear let's hear the let's hear the the didn't read anything else uh, summary. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. So no, I didn't even read it. Just sort of flipped through it. I you didn't see the other it. issues though, right? No, I do know that they were they were there was one team who was in defense of a cloud. That was the Inhumans. Yes, and then and then the X Men, I suppose, were were going after that cloud. Right. Yeah, they didn't like that cloud. cloud. Cloud Force. Fuck that cloud. Hey, cloud. You cloud defense force. get off of my cloud. Hey, yep. You, <laughs> boy, for a guy who doesn't like the Rolling Stones, you sing it a lot. I really do. It's kind of discerning. Yeah. Anyway, go um, on. So this is the the sort of big. The cloud is gone, and and there's the big sort of final fight, um, and s- several. No one's killed. Wait, no, people are killed. Emma Frost gets mad and blows up a ship, and a lot of people are hurt. Yep. Um, then they all disband. And then she becomes Cyclops in the terrorist mode. Well, it's sort of like Magneto because the helmet, the Cyclops helmet yeah. looks like Magneto's helmet. He's got a cape yeah. on. Yeah. yeah, well, Cyclops is the next Magneto in that. So now she's right. the next Magneto. Yeah. Right. And, and I guess 
there could be an anger to that, but she was a villain. Right. Yeah, that's, I don't have a problem. I don't care about that. That's my whole. Here's now. This is what I've real. This is what I've realized. Well, so so to to back up things up a little, Josh. So my problem with this entire event and this entire se- series was it was the X Men literally fighting a cloud and the Inhumans defending the cl- said cloud. And why nobody found a hairdryer and just was done with it, I don't know. But There's some um, fans in here. But uh, and the whole Joe Mortensen should have done that. Exactly. The whole reason why the X Men wanted the cloud dispersed is because it was going to wipe out all of mutant kind. And the whole reason why the Inhumans wanted the cloud is because it's what gets their Terrigen, you know, kind of mist going and their people and whatever. And so finally, in this issue, in the last issue, someone explains to Medusa why the X Men want to get rid of it. So it says that they can't destroy the cloud now, they'll all die. And Medusa's reaction is, why didn't they just tell us? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, gee, I don't know. Why the fuck didn't you just tell them a, a year ago? That's been my, my, my oh. problem with this issue. Well, my problem with this series. My problem with this issue, we'll get to in a second. My problem with this series has been it felt like a complete waste of time. Yes. And I realize that that's what events are now. They're not impactful anymore. They don't, yep. I, don't, I don't mean that in a, in a everything will change, but in a way that we don't talk. We used to talk about events. Yep. Like, remember how good that was? Secret and how invasion. How that story and, yeah, was. Yeah, and, yep. and, and, you know, how fun it was to see that thing. Like, I don't even remember the plots to these things anymore. Yep. Because they happen, it seems like they happen every two months, especially on the Marvel side. Do you see. Hasn't done that. They've got their own problems. But Marvel pumps them out every oh, two months. Well, and- well, hold on. Well, I don't. I don't want to not to not to get too distracted. But I don't want to put DC. Not DC doesn't get uh, a free pass in this either. Because if you noticed in all of the DC books, at the beginning of the books, there was a pr- uh, promo for the Batman and the Flash uh, right. miniseries the- called The Button. Listen, we'll get to that. Don't, 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 don't waste good material. It's gonna come later. I know, but I'm sorry. I had a problem with the cloud. Now I got a problem with the button. I'm just saying. It hasn't happened yet. Let's get to it when it happens. But so Marvel pumps these out so often that they just become a blur of meaninglessness. And again, not because everything's gonna change, but just because nothing interesting happens. It used to be you built up to these big stories, and then it was interesting at least. And now it's not even that. This was a waste of time. Yeah. This is a waste of time. Yep. I mean, it, it underscored that in, in the issue when you, again, when you said, well, why didn't we just talk about this? This could have been averted. Yes. Yes, right. it could have. It's, it's ridiculous. And so then, so that, that's my whole problem with the entire thing. And then, and, and it seems as if the entire thing was just a vehicle to, uh, to allow Emma to manipulate the X-Men and, and kind of go over the edge, much like they manipulated Cyclops to do that several years ago to become the villain. And now people are freaking out that, that Emma has, is now entrenched as the villain. But and this might be a generation gap thing, but she's always been a villain in my eyes. I've yeah. never trusted that woman. And now I do realize that it's 20 years since they put her in Generation X and brought her over to the light side of the X-Men and made her not a villain. But throughout... You know her. Yeah. And I know her. Right, yeah. But we know, we were introduced to her as a, the white queen of the Hellfire Club in the late 70s, and that's what she's always right. been. And leopards don't change their spots, people. I've never trusted Emma. But, but, that, but that's the only reason that she's been interesting this whole time as far as I'm concerned. I, and yeah. I'm not a scholar by any means. But the fact is that she was a villain, and she was always kind of like, do you trust her? So right. Right. it's not a... It's not. I don't think it's an unheard of turn. Yeah, no. Although, I, it's, it's, well, you could say the same for Hawkeye. I mean, do you trust Hawkeye still? He's a, Hawkeye he, wasn't actually a villain. He was no. He's just a. He was just a he dirty was, carny. He was. Yeah. He was trying to impress Iron Man. He wasn't actually being villainous. Yeah. What about he was trying to get attention? Scarlet Witch. 
they were they were they, they, they were they were the they, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. They were they? misguided though by they were manipulated by Magneto. They're they're heroes at heart. Um, but here's anyway. my problem with this issue. So Emma turns into Diamond and puts her hand through uh, Black Bolt's chest. Yeah, I mean he's it's fine. more like up near his joint. Yeah, uh, I feel like a giant diamond hand through your upper chest is going to cause a lot more problems than just he seems to shrug it off. Yeah. Oh, well, and then, and then I'm if, sorry. If it made this, him cough. Yeah, but also, also it, it, the wound switches sides halfway through the issue. So he, yep. in, in, on page nine, when she does it, she puts her, arm, her hand through his right shoulder. Yep. And then later on we see him on page scrolling, scrolling. Later so, on. He's got, a, he's got a sling on the other arm. Yep. And, and the then, right arm is fine. And then also Here, coming on page, on page uh, sorry, on page twenty-two. Yep. His left his left shoulder's bandaged up, and his right arm is fine. Yep. And then coming off of it also, so he gets injured, and it's the big you know Emma's you know Emma's taken over Magneto, and they've summoned uh, Sentinels in the big fight, and Black Bolt picks up Medusa, and they fly off, and the Inhumans going Medusa and Black Bolt together. It's beautiful. Like go fuck yourself, Inhumans. It's not. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like seriously, like, like that's literally no different than what we've seen since the sixties. Give me a give me a break. Like this here's is the problem with that. I didn't know that was Black Bolt. Right. I wasn't reading it, and I was like, it didn't look like Black Bolt to me. I knew who he was at the end in the bar, because I, I knew that. So but stupid. I didn't know that's who I was looking at. So, the whole thing's just so stupid. It pisses me <laughs> off. But I'm glad, but but here's the thing, here's the thing. I See, I wasn't angry about it before we started talking about it, but um, what, what made me, what makes me angry, like, I don't care that Emma's now a villain, I don't care that she's aping Cyclops and Magneto style, that the X across the eyes is, is still a dumb look. Um, I think she's better off as a villain, but I'm hopeful because now we can just put this past us and the whole resurrection crap is starting in April and it looks to be in the right direction. You've got X-Men blue and gold and you've got teams and you, it's, 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 it's playing the right uh, cards that you need to play to do good X-Men books. So I'm hopeful for the future. I just want to put this past us. That's where I'm at. So they, they destroyed the cloud. Yes, the cloud is now gone. Thank God. So that, that means no more new Inhumans, right? I guess I don't know. They all—they seem very happy. Medusa and Black Bolt at the bar. So well, they're about to have a lot of sex. I mean, look at that outfit. Look at that dress. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's kind of she's, always she's, dressed like that. I know, but I mean, she's—he's in a tuxedo. Look at his smile. They're, they're, it's going to happen on the on the bar. So what? So what they say is that. Oh, okay. So she says, our species' ability to transform through terogenesis does not outweigh the lives of even a single mutant, much less all of them. Many humans did not. Many inhumans did not understand. Years spent telling their children the glory of emergence of their true forms, which now they'll never see. Yeah. So, so now they're no more inhumans. Right. So, Good. that's better than that's better than no mutant, no new mutants. mutants. Yeah. Exactly. Agreed. So. And and Hawkeye didn't have to wait. Yeah. And and the thing is, guess what? Guess what? A year from now, oh, new Terragenesis. It's comics. Yeah. Terrigen. Terrigen, uh, Terrigen, uh, Terrigen, squalls. Yeah, exactly. Terrigen not going to work anymore. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Terrigen reigns. <sighs> Green we, Valley, number Green, six. Green Valley, number six. I love time travel. So, well, what I was going to say is, I first got the, the book and I thought, all right, knights. And then, uh, oh, no, monsters. Oh, wait a minute. It's time travel. Game on. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> science fiction, uh, or, uh, the addition of time travel is not nearly on the same plane as the addition of Supernatural. Right. Because in this, at least, it, I mean, it's definitely mashing up genres, but it's basing it in science. It's not hooky magic. Right. Um, Although the, the, the one night really took it really in stride that he was in the future. 
There were well, there was a lot of things going on there. The fact is, like, I was actually the only part I picked about picked got picky about on this was like the dialogue in those scenes because mm-hmm. they should have had a lot harder time understanding each other. I like that he did pick that up a little bit. Like they'd be like, "No, it's technology," and he was like, "What?" But really, almost anywhere, like he would have been speaking old English. They wouldn't. Yeah. Have, it may as well have been a different language. Science, technology, all those things. He would have been like, "What? What?" Like, and, and he wouldn't have like they said physics at one point, and he didn't balk. And I was like, "I know what fucking physics are." Yeah, that was the only scene I didn't really love because because of that. I was like, I, he, I he's liked, really sort of understanding this pretty well. I like the idea of it though. Yeah, I do. I, do. I, I think the execution was lacking a little bit. But if you just sort of say, "Well, it's because funny." Like they had written the dialogue in this more like the way that like Brian Wood decides to write Viking dialogue. Right. Yeah. He's like, well, they're going to make them talk like we do. It's just that when you put that up against people today who actually talk like they like, well, that falls apart right there. Right. Um, but I but love the conceit. I love that the, the yeah. guy, the time traveler, you know, brings dinosaurs and that everyone thinks they're dragons. And, you know, he, they think he's a mage because he's got new technology. That part's all fun. Yep. And these guys are fun because they're being at least some of them are being exposed because complete frauds, these legendary knights. Um and that angle's been really interesting. And I like their their interpersonal sort of relationships and how that all works together and who they are and what it all means and what other people think of them. Like, that's pretty rich. Right. Um, that's all great. Apparently, by the way, and I just have to follow up, Giuseppe Camicoli, who is a phenomenal artist, cannot draw dinosaurs. <laughs> like, they're just not quite right. Yeah. Well, it was um, interesting because we saw the Velociraptors and they they gave him feathers and colors like like scientists cool. not say dinosaurs look, but then the T Rex shows up looking like a Jurassic Park T Rex. Well, so that's like, well, not Jura- well, T- Jurassic Park was the one that got it right. It was sort of the the one before that. It was a little more standy up. He's too. No, no. What I mean is, don't don't they aren't they now all saying none of them were green and and gray? They were all colorful and. Oh, that like I was I was more thinking of it in terms of like the posture. You know, like we no, no, I was saying because like, the, the raptors have feathers and they yeah. have uh, colors. They were doing the, you know, what what scientists are discovering dinosaurs actually looked like. And yeah. then they, if, then if the I'm the, up looking like if I'm the artist, um, I'd probably want to go for clarity there. Yeah. Meaning, like, like you could go with sort of the scientific whatever, but like he needs to communicate that it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and by making that face look like it does in Jurassic Park, I think that works. Right. I, I can make an argument for it anyway. But it's fun. I really enjoy this. It's a not, I think it's a nine issue mini. And, oh, is that? Uh, I think so. And so we're at issue six. So we're that at three left. Yeah. That works. Right. Uh, it was fun. I really like this issue. This I, was I love the series. Ones. Yeah, the series is a blast. I, I've been recommending this. This set me up out. for the, the last bit. And I was like, all right, that, that, that's cool. That works for me. That's fun. Yep. Um, all right. So speaking of the last bit, the last issue before we thank our sponsor, I want to talk about is Silver Surfer number nine. Uh, I f- this has been gone for a while, right? This is I, f- I feel like I feel like I feel like it's been a while since yeah, it's been a that. gap. Uh, but you know, Dan Slott and Mike Allred uh, jamming on this uh, with Mike Allred and Art and his wife Laura Allred doing the colors, and this is this is just phenomenal. Like it, this- it, it, I've been talking about this book for ever yeah. volumes. This this is this has been a fantastic series. Uh, it shouldn't work, but it does. Yep. And the weirder the book gets, the better the book gets. Yep. And here it's weird in that. Uh, Silver Surfer and Don, his faithful companion Don Green, Greenwood show up at this new planet where uh, it turns out everyone is a sort of digital copy of their old selves because they, they destroyed their previous planets. Yeah. And they make a digital copy of Don Greenwood. Without her and permission, yeah. Without her permission. So now there's two Don Greenwoods. And the question is, what, what, is, what does it mean to be real? Um, and what happens, to, what happens to the digital copy who's got the emotions, the memories, the personality of the original? You can't just delete her. Yep. It's like that Black Mirror episode. 
I don't watch Black Mirror. No, I've heard good things. Yeah. Should it's very yeah. good. I've heard, I've heard, but I've heard it's it's stressful. But <laughs> it is. Um, but there's basically. I actually don't want to spoil it. No, don't don't. There's there's there. an episode with these kinds of ideas that it's very similar. It makes you think these kinds of things. Go on. But this book has been great, and it 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 it, it does investigate interesting metaphysical questions like that, but at the same time being sort of a fun cosmic uh, silver surfer tale. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean. Mike Allred draws a hell of a silver server. It's 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 amazing. Not only how beautiful it looks, like Mike Allred and Laura's colors on his art is just it's just amazing. And every and it, the panel layouts were fairly simple in this. It was mainly uh, just a six panel grid. Um, you know, some some panels were you know had two panels across the you know it was just one panel making up where the two panels would be. But um, with the exception of one double page spread, um, it wasn't it didn't two double page spreads actually it didn't really deviate from that kind of standard storytelling grid. But um, the art is just amazing. There's so much going on in every panel. But even, this story was so so like complicated and science yeah. fictiony and and but like done in a way that was you know like it got it all done in one this is one and done issue much like Astro City like this is my yeah. other pick for pick of the week because it was just like self-contained most, most of these I think yeah. I think this entire volume has been one and done stories for each each issue yeah. I mean they're on an adventure through space together so it's like a continuing thing but it's each each issue is basically a different planet they visit so yeah yeah so great great stuff great stuff uh silver surfer i love it thank you connor for making me read this i appreciate it You're so uh yeah so we want to take a moment and thank harry's for sponsoring this 575th episode extravaganza of i fanboy um and i gotta tell you i switched over to harry's a couple years ago when they first came out because i was desperately looking for a better solution when it comes to shaving and thankfully harry's was it um, not only is it more affordable, it's it's a better shave. Um, I've never looked back, and that's why I'm so happy that they're a sponsor in iFanboy because we, all three of us, are actually loyal customers well before they were sponsoring. So that was pretty awesome. Um, you know, for years I was going to the drugstore and having to get them to unlock the cabinet and buy the the super expensive uh, razors, and it made me not look forward to shaving. And now the ability to go onto the Harry's website, order my shaving cream, order my razors, have it delivered to me for a price that I don't even blink an eye at it is so, it's so affordable um i actually look forward to shaving now which if and you guys know i hate shaving um and so now as opposed to dreading it you're the I'm, only one of us who's never had a beard uh, right because i hate yeah, well, he had one well i know but I've, not with any real i've had beards at different points in life like i've had rally beards when i'm working on a project and things like that but i, I launched that 3.0 version of the website. We all have beards. Yeah, yeah. I prefer. It wasn't like he's like maintained a beard as a look. right, but it wasn't like he's like I'm going to be a beard guy now. Right? No, I'm it not was, a beard. He, guy. Was, it was always like I need to get rid of this. I need to get rid of this. Yeah. No. In fact, yeah. In fact, I'm a I'm a clean shaven guy. I mean, I do have my sideburns, mind you, but I do not want a beard. Harry's helps me stay clean shaven every day, uh, which is fantastic. And it's all thanks to the founders of Harry's, uh, the two guys Jeff and Andy, who were also fed up with being overcharged. So they started their own razor company with Harry's. Uh, they 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 really committed to it and they bought a factory uh, <laughs> with over a hundred years of experience in making blades and these are fantastic razors and because they own the factory they're able to sell them online ship them directly for half the price of the other brands out there and so listen Harry's uh, gives you everything you need for a close comfortable shave you, you get five German engineered blades on a razor which is awesome it has a lubricating strip which is a must have uh, it's got a flex hinge for a comfortable glide which is makes it so easy to, to shave my face um, they recently added 
added that trimmer blade for those hard to reach places, which I use regularly to trim my sideburns, which is perfect. And the handle is weighted and ergonomic and it's got grip so you can hold on to it even in the shower like Connor. You won't slip it and drop it. Uh, yeah, so it's fantastic. Exactly. And so you get all this for just $2 a blade compared to at least the $4 or more you pay at the drugstore. Uh, so I, I don't see how you can go wrong with Harry's. And Harry's doesn't see how you can go wrong either. And they're so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try the most popular trial set for absolutely free. It comes with a razor handle of your choice, a five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel. And when you sign up, you just got to pay a small fee for shipping, and you could have it for free. Give it a shot. There's nothing you got to lose other than just waiting a couple of days to get it. That's all. It's just time. That's all. So to redeem your free trial offer, go to harrys.com slash ifanboy right now. Go to harrys.com slash ifanboy. Get on board. Be clean shaven. Join the rest of us. Thank you, Harry's, for your support and making such a great product. You know, you could think of a beard just as a bigger sideburn. No. It's just, just one way to think about it. So it's sure. Just, one way you can think about it. Okay. <laughs> it's a circuitous <laughs> sideburn. Yeah. Just. So the adventures of Jessica Jones continue. Jessica Jones number six. And uh, we told you last time how it was the really great issue where she 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 interrogated the yeah. guy who came from the old universe who, who basically put the bug in her head that her friends fucked up the universe in the uh, secret wars crossover. Sure. Is that the name of it? Um and uh, that 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 people are you know came over from the other universe. So she's dealing with that as she goes off to uh, help her new friends at Hydra capture Captain Marvel using Spot. Spot's just great. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is. But but uh, here we also find out that she was um, playing Hydra the whole time, which is not a big surprise. It, and, it, was, uh, it was borderline disappointing. I was like, oh. But also, yeah, I wasn't surprised. What else are you do? Yeah, I wasn't surprised by. It. I, but I'm more interested in the idea of she knows. Because during this whole thing, she's she's trying to find out from Carol if she, Carol knows that the universe is all fucked up and that that you know I like that part of it. That yeah. part's interesting. Yeah. Um. I also really like the Iron Fist, uh, Luke Cage scene. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought I thought this was a little. It was a little uh, convenient wrap up, kind of like oh, it, it, you think it's a double cross, but it's a triple cross. And I was just like, eh. but other than that, I do like I do like the the little flashback to the guy from last issue, and I want to see where that goes. Ron, it's the old switcheroo. The old switcheroo. I didn't, uh, I didn't read the ones before that. I didn't go catch up, but I read this one. Here's my thought. I feel like the swearing is out of place. Well, it's funny. I, I, I after after watching Logan, I, my my thought while reading this was like, this is like the real Marvel universe, and the other comics are like the comics that are being made about the real Marvel universe. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Does that make sense, Ron? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> it absolutely makes sense. And jo- Josh, why wouldn't you go back and read the last issue that we're like, you've got to read this, and you just and you didn't? I didn't remember until I went to get this one and have time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just was like, I'll read this one. I like doing that. I like if you can pick it up. Like I was like, oh, I picked it up. It was yeah, fine. I, do like I got there and I was like, all right, I was supposed to read all these. I'm not reading four of them right now, no. so no. we're just going for it. Well, you don't need to read four. You just need to read just, the last just read the last one. Just go back and read the last one. Um, well, I don't know how it ends. Who cares? Moving, moving on. Nova number four. Um, get a little taste of what I love about Ramon Perez in this. A little taste. Uh, when young Nova is going out on his first date and he's imagining what will happen when he knocks on the door and we get a little change in art style. And I was like, oh, do this. I want him to do that, but I also want the whole thing to be about Rich Ryder. So true. Agreed. 
Um, this this wasn't this remember we like the first issue we didn't like, second issue we loved, third issue we weren't as into, fourth issue wasn't as good as the second issue, but it's not as bad as the first and third. So that's very complicated. <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I'm arguing it more. Instinct was like I don't know. Yeah, but it's pretty. Like I I when I saw it this week, I went oh like I was I looked forward to it. Yeah. Rich writers is a boon to the book. Yeah, rich. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, for, for another fourth issue was Mother Panic number four from the Young Animal imprint over at DC. Uh, and this up to this point, the first three issues had art by Tommy Lee Edwards, and I saw that he was off the book for this issue, and I went, Ugh. but then I saw it was Sean Crystal, who, while his art style is as different as you can get from Tommy Lee Edwards, I thought it was great. And I, I, the, I my thought was. This art's really good. If it was, if it'd been the art the whole time, that'd been fine. But the drop off from Sean, Tommy Lee Edwards was tough. The change, the change in tone was tough. But what, but for me, because my whole thing about this is Mother Panic is a new character, right? It's yep. a new character in the Gotham Bat universe, right? Admittedly, it's in Young Animal, but it's in continuity because she met with Batwoman last issue. And in order for this new character to take, and I'm all, I want to see new characters. I want to see new yeah. things, right? And in order for it to take, other artists have to be able to draw it. And that's the thing is that at first you're right, it was jarring. But by the end of the issue, I was like. I'm totally convinced this this character has got legs, so I was happy to see that. So, and I like Sean Crystal yeah, a lot. I like Sean Crystal's art a lot. So, yeah, the, the art's good. I'm yeah. not sure how I feel about the character yet. I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm all behind Mother Panic. I love it. So this is the penultimate issue of Power Man and Iron Fist, right? 15's the last one. Yep, I believe. Um, who put this on the list? I did because um, <laughs> I thought that I basically I, I was like, oh, this is going away kind of soon, so I want to make sure we we. Are touching on it while it's here, but also I thought it was a really nice um, upping the stakes in terms of uh, Alex Wilder and making him really like a certifiable big bad for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that. It's still a little bit silly. I like that sort of they shifted focus and, and Listen, it, doing things. It's silly. I'm looking. At, I started laughing because I was looking at the p- page uh, twenty where Danny gets sucked into the little box and his legs are sticking out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, so it's, it's funny. all that at the same time. But it's still like a, a big bat. It just doesn't feel like any of the other books. Um, but it built on a thing where I think maybe before this, I was like, I don't really like this storyline so much. And this one was like, all right, all right, girl, I'm, I'm down. You, you've, you, you've nailed me down here again. Um, I guess that was it. I, I, I dug it. I was, I, I, I was looking forward to maybe a little bit less. Um, but it yeah, down. I mean, you'd hope that they would get sort of a quiet issue to end on, but clearly not if they're going down into hell. Um, so, but uh, which is so out of place for the street level heroes written by the guys who are, and this is highly quote unquote, it's the street level guys because the whole thing has been that, you know, like it's yeah. been all everything is on the streets of Harlem and everything. And so now they're like, oh, yeah, take, you know, it's like taking the TV show, right? You know, down, down to hell, which would be, I'd like to like to see that. And you know what? I'm constantly complaining about the costumes. I'm just going to say I enjoy this Iron Fist costume, I enjoy the track suited Iron Fist. Yeah, I'm I don't okay. Mind it. Yeah. I enjoy Queen's Iron Fist. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. Hey, I live in Queens. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> he doesn't want to walk. He doesn't want to walk. So, patron pick. So, if you are a patron at patreon.com slash ifanboy, every week you can vote. And that's every level of patron, by the way. You can vote on the a book to add to the show. Last week, Ron and I said, you know, we were getting about 20% of the patrons that were voting. This week, uh, we had about not twice as many votes, but maybe... Maybe fifty percent more votes, and that was which fun is, to see. Which is great. Uh, yeah. Which put a lot of books into contention until Man Thing number one exploded <laughs> in, in votes and ended up being like the biggest uh, uh, winner we've had so far. I think he was like 
he had almost twice as many votes as the second place book. And after that, it was like ridiculous how many more votes he had. Like it was like 10 times as many votes as the fourth place book. People wanted us to read man thing. Number one, which is, I have to say, I would never have read it. So that's how the pick, the patron pick works. Yep. Man thing. Number one written by RL Stein of goosebumps fame, the 70 ish year old children's book writer art by German Pallada. And, uh, what did we think? Um, Go ahead. Uh, uh, no, no, after yeah. you, Josh. After you, Josh. So, it sounds like we're on the same page here. Who is this for? Right. It feels like they were trying to do like an all ages book, but it's the man thing. So no kid is ever going to buy man thing. Right. So I'm stuck reading this book that's written for an eight year old. It's not interesting. I don't know what the point is. And why did they think this artist was professional? And and also and also what what gets me is that uh, did, you, did you count the pages? No, uh, it was, a, no. It was a, little, a little short. It was a little short. It was fine. Uh, it was 16, 16 pages. Actually, you know what? That's fine because I really enjoyed the backup. Yeah, the backup was actually better than the the, the lead the backup story. Was a, it was a four page uh, murder uh, story that I don't know how what it had, had. I'm not. In verse in the man thing lore, I don't know how it connected, but it seemed to have nothing to do with man thing. But it was yeah. a as a four page short story. Right. I thought it was really good in terms of setting up a character, setting up a situation, and then then a sort of uh, um, you know uh, result of those the situation. But um, my problem with this, I didn't actually think the art was that bad. But uh, I, I, just, I just don't know about you bit. guys. But I like my man thing quiet yep. and scary yep. and like, the like background. He, like, he was in, like he was in Thunderbolts. And here I, you've got a yes. man thing who talks like a normal person, who, who makes bad jokes, who is working in Hollywood. And I was like, I don't like this man thing at all. I don't like, yeah. a, I don't, I don't I, like a man thing walking down, walking through Bur- Burbank and, and, and talking to that people. That was actually Burbank, though. I, I got to give them credit for that shot. I was like, oh, that's definitely – that's – I'm not a someone who's read a lot of Man Thing. Is this I, Man Thing always shows thing. up? It's really scary. People are afraid of him. He touches people. They burn. And and none and of that. I'll and tell here it. he's like just some weird dude working in Hollywood, but he's also Man Thing. It was weird. I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, Steve Gerber is uh, rolling over in his grave. Well, have you? I mean, you not, have you read not old just Man Thing books? No, yeah, for many things. No, I mean, I'm familiar with Man Thing. Man, Man Thing was one of. I don't the, know how. Is what I'm saying. I don't know. No, no. What Man Thing was one of the, the 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 great characters of the '70s kind of genre, Marvel time. You know, when they were doing a lot of horror and a lot of stuff like that. And you know that that run on Steve Gerber's run on the series was was like was I, now admittedly I didn't read it, but it was super influential and super you know like a lot of people love that. And I think then they haven't really known what to do. Tastes have changed. I get on paper. The idea, okay, we'll get R.L. Stein, who writes Goosebumps and does horror stuff, to write Man Thing. But Josh, you nailed it. He's a he's a, a kids writer. Well, I don't he think wrote I, it like it's, it's an all ages. He's an all ages writer. He's an all ages. Matter. Writer. Yeah, yeah. It's. I, I mean, I I would tell you that, and this is my expectation. It is not what I expected of a Man Thing book, and I don't know yes. who would expect that of a Man Thing book. Like, there's yeah. a place where that belongs. If I'm reading this in Devil Dinosaur or even a version of the Avengers, that's fine. I get it. But I don't. Yeah. What what eight year old is like, oh, man thing. That's my. And then the story didn't really fit with the tone because yeah. it was like about Hollywood and it it wasn't man thing. It was swamp thing. Like, I feel like there was a fundamental misunderstanding there. 
Yeah. It was a bunch of weird, like, I mean, not weird, but a bunch of cliched Hollywood jokes. And, yep, like, yep, yep. It's just like. Maybe we're too close to it. I don't know. And it just, I it, I was like, okay, man thing. The cover is him in a swamp. I was like, okay, it'll be a horror book and I'll see how that goes because man thing's weird. I don't know much about him. But then I saw it was the words, those who know fear was, you know, written like the Hollywood side. And I said, oh, that's odd. And then I opened it up and he's shooting a movie and I said, oh, yeah. this isn't what I want at all. So it was just very jarring. I mean, and, and I, I, again, I don't know what the purpose of it is, but I don't, I don't know. What are you going to do? All right, so ratings. 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 Josh. Ratings. Two. All right. Um, I probably Great go. Great cover. Let's get a point for that. I probably go two and a half. I'm gonna I'm gonna go two and a half because because I really like I really did like the backup a lot. Okay, and sticking with it. No. 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 All right. No. No. All right. So that's the patron pick. Patreon.com slash iFanboy is where you get to vote every week. And also, uh, you get to, if you're at a certain level, you get your own superpower name. We like to thank the patrons on the show by giving them dumb superpowers. And uh, this week, uh, we start off with uh, Josh. Oh, well, um, first one up is going to be Randy Wood, obviously. Um, he sounds like a person I know. But I, uh, anyway. He's also a longtime pitcher, isn't he, Ron? With the journeyman pitcher. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, the one word for him is carbonation. Okay. <laughs> he can he can carbonate liquids. He just puts his finger in it. Yeah. Man, carbonation. All right. So if your soda's gone flat, he can. Uh huh. Boom. Yeah. Or if you just have regular lemonade and you're like, "Hey, Randy, can you spice this up for me?" He's like, "No problem." But he does have to dip his finger in it, which some people might find distasteful at a party. <laughs> <laughs> is it only the finger? I mean, theoretically, you could do it with other body parts, but in just terms of practice. Right. I, mean, I would say his skin, his pores have the ability to carbonate something. Right. Okay. Carbonate. That's, that's useful. I mean, nothing worse than a flat drink after it's gone, you know, you're expecting a fizzy soda and it goes flat on you. If he was on Top Chef, it's a leg up. Right. Okay. Daniel Fortis. Thanks for being a patron. Daniel can make literally anything out of Legos. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. You can make a plane. The plane will work. The plane will fly. However, the plane is made out of Legos, not very sturdy. Uh-huh. Okay. Also, he and then also enough, there's he this... Legos too. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, the the economics of any major prog- pr- right. uh, project are, are significant. Yeah, he, he has to have the, the raw material. He just can't yeah. make the Legos. And I'll tell you one more. thing. Legos are not cheap. No, and he's always stepping on them because he's always got them around. And yeah. uh, everyone oh, else is always stepping on them, too. Again, again, from experience, you do not want that to happen. This guy, this guy's right. a disaster. Right. But if you give him enough Legos and enough time, he can make anything. It just won't stand up very well to any kind. I mean, you could punch the, the plane and it falls apart. <laughs> all right, then. Um, all right, so our next uh, Patreon we want to thank is Jeffrey Lang, who has the amazing ability to able to translate any image in his head to clay. Much like Alicia Masters of the Fantastic Four, but the only hitch is it's in the Cubism style. Like Picasso? So he's, a, he's just a Cubist artist? He's a, he's a Cubist artist, but, but, yeah, but sculptor. It sounds to me like he's just an artist. <laughs> yeah, just a sculptor. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is that they're just amazing. Like, like he, it's, 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 Connor, you put the Cubist sculpture of you next to you that he did of you, and they look exactly the same, but you're Cubist. 
Right, so he's an artist. He's a cubist artist. <laughs> exactly. I just feel like he's very good at doing that. <laughs> well, no, but it's a... It's, 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 it's a, a, go into a trance state? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. He just closes... Does he do it super quickly, or... No, no, he does, and sometimes they take days. You know, like, they really got... He's got to really work okay, at it. He's just an artist. <laughs> just a regular artist. He's really good at cubism. <laughs> no, but he can't do anything but cubism. He tries other styles, and they all come out cubism. Well, I, let's be honest. He failed art school. <laughs> This was supposed to be impressionism. I I know this is just, just what happens. <laughs> so it's a blessing and a curse. No. I see. Okay. Now the assignment was to do a pastel uh, and charcoal uh, drawing here, but what you presented once again <laughs> is a cubist sculpture. And while it is very good on its own, this was not the point of the assignment. Yep. All right. So Walks next up is Jeffrey Lang. Let's see what he did this time. Oh, cubist sculpture. All right. <laughs> Uh. Okay, Daniel, last one. Daniel Ryan, he's either cursed or blessed with sticky toes. <laughs> with what kind of toes? Sticky. Sticky? Yeah, sticky. sticky toes. Sticky toes, like Spider-Man. A little, a little like Spider-Man, but much less useful. <laughs> like, they're just always sticky. Like, imagine a piece of tape, but if you pressed it on dust and stuff, it wouldn't ever... Get, it, you never lose his tackiness. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exa- exactly. Now, can he? Can he? Just toes. Just his toes, not his feet. Can he? he like, right. What What level of tackiness can he walk up a wall with just his toes? Gaffer tape. So no. Okay, so can't hold his weight. No, not really. Interesting. All right. I, I I'm struggling to come up with a use for this. <laughs> well, sometimes you don't need to have a use, you know, like. <laughs> it's been, it's long been my contention that like in the mutant world, there are you know a large percentage of them who have completely innocuous and useless powers they don't ever bother talking about. Right. right. That was that was Grant Morrison's whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's been more so. Yeah. Well, I think he could he could pick up he could pick up paper you've dropped. Yeah. Oh no, he's very good at like cleaning up around the house. Right. Can he use it to like clean his jacket? Yep. Yep. Good for lint. Never right. has to buy those lint rollers. Lint roller is his mutant name. Is his X-Men Yeah, name. but just his toes. Hmm. And the rolling lint. action actually is part of the part of the benefit of that product. Lint toes. Yeah. <laughs> that implies those things. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's how you can support the show, and that's how you can get your own superpower name. That's uh let's just thank the patrons real quick, Josh. Yeah, obviously I want to thank the patrons. Patrons? Patrons. I want to be able to get. I want to be able to. I would like to thank them by getting that right at some point. <laughs> I want to thank the patrons, uh, and and you might wonder uh, how you can become one. You would go over to ifanboy.com/support. Uh, there you're going to find a couple of things. You will find our uh, Amazon link, and you can use that to find your way to Amazon.com. It's a big retail website. Um, you <laughs> might have a lot. Of. It's got a lot of things that you could get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and all like from a lot of sources. Uh, pretty much any kind of product. Um, it's it's super useful if you haven't heard of it. Um, and if you go and use that link, uh, anything that you purchase from there, which again could literally be anything, uh, we'll get a small piece of that. What was so, the last thing you got at Amazon? Um, your most recent purchase, Josh, uh, Ron, stuff my kid, uh, I bought a set of drums for my son's three-year-old birthday, uh, several toys, um, and a, um, audio technica, uh, stylus gauge. Ron? All right, I'm I'm literally going into my uh, my order section on Amazon. 
This is a live reading of my recent orders <laughs> on Amazon. The last thing I bought was Josh's birthday present, uh, the, the 25th anniversary edition of Workbook by Bob Mould. Before that, I bought a tripod desktop desk microphone stand for my new microphone and a first alert combination smoke carbon monoxide alarm with battery backup. And then before that, I bought a plush sloth doll for my niece. So look at, look yeah. at all, all those things you could get. I bought an Apple MagSafe to MagSafe 2 converter so I could use the old plug we have around. Nice. Well done. Well done. Yep. Um, I'm pretty close to buying a spin clean record washing system. Not surprised. Yeah, because it, it's starting to really bug me. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Anyway, where was I? <laughs> That's... Is the, that good uh, content or is that not good content? I don't know. You will also find a link to uh, our PayPal uh, donation if you like the show and what we're doing. You say, I, I want to throw this in cash because I want to support it. Uh, you can find a link for that. Um, and again, if you're really wealthy and you're not going to get a tax write-off for this. We are not a nonprofit organization. Not 501c or anything. Yeah. But if you're thinking, God, I need to give some old nerds some money <laughs> well uh, guess what buddy i got your spot uh and then finally uh we spoke about the patrons earlier uh, you will find the link to patreon.com slash ifanboy uh where you can uh sign up to be an, an ongoing supporter of of the show that we do here and have done here for well over a decade um and of course the, the folks who do that are, are among the greatest people in the world certainly from our point of view uh, but you can become part of that you'll see there's different levels of patron support uh and also different goals that you can all reach together um I think we've talked about this. Maybe you don't even believe us anymore, but the T-shirts are definitely uh, closer to becoming a reality. But that was the last sort of overall patron goal uh, that we achieved. And you can sort of see, you know, if you guys really band together, you could you could make some things happen. Uh, you know, it would it would be significant, <laughs> but it could happen. And you'll see all that there at uh, patreon.com slash ifanboy. And, of course, if you're a member, you, you're going to get eventually, you're going to get your superhero name. You can come to our um, patron hangouts uh, that happen where we just uh, shoot the shit. I'm very excited about this upcoming hangout in which we decide the uh, the uh, goddamn all uh, American treasures. What is it? What is it? American treasures, yeah. and then the 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 goddamn, goddamn American treasures. The G dat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Who are the G dats? So. All right. <laughs> Thanks to everyone who supports the show. Let's do a really quick email. Ryan S says, after thinking about this question for the entire weekend, after seeing Logan on Thursday night, I wanted to know what the most recent essential X Men story is. Essential here meaning the storyline that should be essential to any fan of the character, not necessarily important from a continuity perspective so much as a damn good comic. Green Lantern, Batman, and Daredevil all had excellent runs within the past decade or so, but it's harder to answer this for the X-Men, Flash, Green Arrow, or any number of high-profile heroes. So feel free to expand beyond the mutants if you have time. Ron, let's focus on the X-Men. What's the last essential X-Men story? As much as I hate to um, hmm, tough. My first gut was going to say... Um, the what you want, uh, astonishing X, uh, astonishing X Men, the Josh Whedon, Josh Whedon, right in two thousand, in two thousand. Yeah, but I will actually amend that, and I was a generation ago, almost a generation ago. I will amend that and say that it should, it is uh, Wolverine and the X Men by Jason Aaron. I was yeah, yeah. Th that okay. that first volume really not the school. No, it's the school. Yeah, well, right. But yeah, the, the, the late, what, what was the later version of it? Like there was a. No, there was the, 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 the this okay. is when Wolverine takes over as the headmaster of Jean okay, Grey. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Jean Grey school. Like that first volume of it was just as perfect as perfect can be. And Chris Pacello, Nick Bradshaw, Ramon Perez, like you had a bunch right. of different artists on that, but but it it spoke to the 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 values and themes of the X-Men better than anything has done in recent time. 
So, uh, and then and then it gets it, the regenesis was the story arc was basically the the one that it kind of covers in there. Um, and then it gets pulled into Avengers versus X Men and Marvel Now and all that kind of crap, and it, it kind of dies off as it goes on. But that first volume is fantastic. So, there you go. So that's essential. That's essential. You essential. Have to, you... Wolverine in the X Men Volume One is essential. So, okay. There you go. So if you have a question, you can email us at contactlifehandboy.com. That's how you get it in the show. That's how you get Ron to really dive deep into his X-Men lore. Yeah. Let's talk, about, let's, talk, let's talk about Dazzler. Let's go deep on Dazzler. <laughs> so uh, we had our month of podcasts in February. The last two are out on your feed. Josh interviewed Judd Winnick on a Talksplode show in which he went through his career and had a really great time talking about that. Ron and I just released the Logan Review show uh, last week, late last week. So you can find that on the feed behind, right behind this show. Where, where it was part movie review, part therapy session as we closed the door on the Hugh Jackman era. Of, I'm, of still, I'm still upset about it. I'm still dealing with it. Yeah, but that's a great, good movie, good show to listen to. Uh, check that out right behind this one. Yes. And then uh, we've also got – it's March, and so that means it's time for another Booksplode, which is going to be coming up uh, soon. Uh, we're going to be talking about a, a very, very fun – and uh, timeless, let's say that. Uh, do we want to announce what it is? Do you want to announce it? Yeah, Connor, why don't we announce it? What, what is the book going to be? We're going to be talking about The Flash by Mark Wade, Volume 1. So last time we were super indie. This time we're going super mainstream with uh, the compilation, uh, the first compilation, hopefully there'll be more, of the legendary Mark Wade run on The Flash. Yes, one of my favorites. So I can't wait to revisit that. And as we mentioned earlier, we're going to be hosting a patron hangout on March 19th in the evening, so keep an eye out for that. So uh, be sure you mark your calendars for that, and we'll be talking about goddamn American treasures. And then uh, on March 17th, Netflix drops uh, the latest Marvel series, Iron Fist, uh, and we will gather to talk about it on a podcast forum, although set your expectations. we got to watch it. It's a lot to watch. Um, But from early reviews, it looks like we might have our first stinker, so I'm excited about this one. We had one already. It was called Cage, Luke Cage. I didn't think that, that was wasn't a, stinker. a stinker. That wasn't a stinker. Yeah, we, remember, remember Method we had... Man in it. <laughs> Opinions vary. Yes, true. Fair enough. Anyway, so Iron Fist, uh, very curious to see what they do with that uh, before we go to the Defenders. But, so stay tuned to your RSS feeds. If you want to defend Method Man and Luke Cage, you can head over to ifanboy.com, which you should. I, I, can't, I can't even work now. No, you can find all of our podcasts there. You can find this show. You can comment on it and other shows that we did. You can find a vast backlog of material uh, that is there. Go through all of our old top five uh, uh, articles. Those were great, I'm saying, about what, what I did. Um, you can like uh, Facebook.com slash iFanboy or go to at iFanboy on Twitter. You can find out what the pick is before the show comes out. And you can follow us, in, us individually at J.A. Flanagan, at RonXO, and at C.S. Kilpatrick on Twitter and Instagram. But Connor hasn't posted since July, so... Maybe if you want to have a good time, go to the website, put in the search bar, what's wrong with you, and watch <laughs> jo- Josh, John, Josh throw nerd chum in the water and everyone freak out in the <laughs> comment section. It's, it's I, fun time. I had to stop doing them because it was too stressful. <laughs> so you can go back and read those and, and, and find why we don't miss doing the website. And if you like the show... You can write us a review on iTunes. Leave us a star rating. It just takes you one second just to do that. Better yet, tell your friends. You can keep telling your moms. We've heard from uh, a handful of iFan moms, and we appreciate that. If, you wanna, if you're an iFan mom out there, you want to drop us a line. We still welcome that. Uh, help us spread the iFanboy love all over the world. And that's it for this week's show. Thank you for listening. I'm Connor. I'm Ron. And I'm Josh. Thank you. Seven asses, seven inside, side door,